story. Welcome to Pilot Boys, the podcast where we review the first episode of the TV shows. My name is Caesar. I'm Gabriel. And today we're doing Pen15, the new Hulu show created by Maya Eskrin Anna Conkle, Sam Zibbleman. So that was a... Zibbleman. <laughs> Zibbleman. And it stars Maya and Anna as the leads in this kind of weird adolescent middle school story and they're seventh graders yeah but they're, but they're adult women playing yeah. seventh graders let's get into the recap so the first episode is about maya and anna or na who are going into their first day of seventh, seventh grade. grade they're kind of romanticizing about the clothes they're going to wear and the boys they're going to date and they get to school and there's kind of these little these papers or post-its around saying that these two boys like Maya, Dustin and Derek no. or something like that. And it turns out that it was just a prank and they're just making fun of her. And she's actually considered like the ugly girl in school. So she asks her brother for help and he tells her, he teaches her how to like insult one of the kids. She insults him and then she scratches her name off like the Ugis, which is the ugliest girl in school list. Yeah. And yeah, that's the first episode. So what did you think of the like? It's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the first episode is great. Like, yeah, there's right, so many little touches. Yeah, right from the beginning. Like, I mean, it's in the, it takes place in the year 2000, mm-hmm. and just their full conversations and like how Anna's like circling pictures in the yearbook of like the guys they have a crush on or the girls they don't like. I think it's very accurate to like someone being that age and just talking about other people and then just seeing um. Maya and how concerned she is whether or not like with her appearance and whether or not she changed over like the time of a year. Mm-hmm. I think like the opening scene is just it's it's really funny because yeah. they talk just like kids kids do and they're yeah. just so stupid. Like it's not it doesn't seem like obviously it's a little heightened but it doesn't yeah. seem too fake. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous but it's like it's I think it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what's great about it. There's like there's a there's an air of like silliness or like humor or like mm. cringe going on at all times. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. I think that the stylistic preference which is kind of like that film green, uh-huh. like it looks kind of old even though it's, it's not. it takes place in the 2000s, which yeah. is an era we you and I lived in. Yeah, I feel like it's it just feeds into the kind of like it it is the past, but like it's, it wasn't that long ago, but it actually is a long time ago like it's been 20 years since the 2000s almost and yeah it was just i don't know it's just such a fresh show like the it was hilarious in so many different ways even aesthetically i think yeah like the posters on the walls i mean the stars they like admire what was michelle sarah michelle geller from buffy yeah was like the biggest <laughs> shit at the time. Yeah. And then like even the phones they're using and then how like Maya gets interrupted because of dial up internet. Yeah. I think that's all. I love the the acting. It's so like dry but mm. it gets the point of like when she's like <laughs> so one of the characters she cuts her hair to look like Sarah Michelle Gellar but she fucks it up. 
and her mom tries to fix it for her. So she gets like a ball, like literally a ball, and she cuts around it. And then her friend's like, oh, it looks, he's like, it looks great. And it's like, oh, I was trying to go for Sarah Michelle Gellar. And she like, like pauses for a second. She's like, yeah, it looks just like her. <laughs> but I think that, so Akiv, Jorma, and Andy Samberg, the Lonely Island guys, uh-huh. they produce the show. Yeah. Which I can see some influences because if you watch Hot Rod, it kind of looks like it. Mm-hmm. There's like that kind of grainy aesthetic, kind of, you know, like there's this air of mundanity, but it's so silly. And I think that's just, it's because it's like the acting is done really well and the humor is presented uh, in that same way. Like one of the scenes that also stood out to me was when there's this girl, they talk about her and she has like big tits. Oh my God. And she's a, she's like a girl, like a seventh grader. seventh grader. And the shot shows her fine. And then she turns around and it's, I'm, I'm assuming it's like an, a woman with like enormous tits. <laughs> and it's just like. And then when it, the <laughs> yeah, it's just the it's just a ch- it's just a chest. Yeah. And then when she turns around, she has like the tiniest little things. But yeah. to them, it looks like, oh my god, it looks They're enormous. Huge, yeah. yeah, like she changed so much over the summer. There's a lot of like absurd moments, which I think really makes the show stand out. Like, uh, I think when Maya and Anna are in class, and Anna's trying to get um, one of the boys one to of look the at boys' her. attention. And he's like not looking at her, so like oh she'll look, he'll look at me later. She she pulls down her bra strap, <laughs> and she's like, "Is he looking at me now?" And she's like, "No, he's still not looking yeah. at you." Even the notes, the crafting of the notes, I thought was so, so good, yeah, right? Like the way they write, like what's like so ridiculous. They're so ridiculous in the way they write it. It's just like what's and then the, the up arrow. arrow. It's just like the little attention to detail. Yeah. Um, I also think that there's a lot of influence and in, like other stuff that has come out recently. Like eighth grade. I mean, I'm not saying this one directly is influenced, but I think that there we're living, we're in an era, like we're in a trend right now, where these adolescent portrayals are starting to come up a little more, and it's not as produced or like it's not as slick uh-huh. as something like you know, Sixteen Candles or Breakfast Club. We're moving away from that portrayal of like the teenage experience, uh-huh. and it's starting to move into more like. The raw adolescence era is what I called it. So that the difference I think between those those previous ones, like the what's that guy's name who did like Breakfast Club? I have the guy from the eighties. I forget his name. I'm sure I can. I'll remember later. But he kind of had like this slick, not slick, but there was kind of like this cheesiness, this kind of like cornball. I guess to okay. So when those those movies came out in the eighties, they were probably like groundbreaking to the people who lived in that area. Uh-huh. But to us, they just seem kind of hokey and like ridiculous. And now these shows are kind of like absurd, like nothing is sacred, and it kind of lives in like the cringe moments. Uh-huh. Like this, like eighth grade. One of the biggest elements of that movie is that like she's so awkward that it's painful. Her just living. And just being in eighth grade, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think this show is the same way, except, I mean, obviously there's a lot more humor, but there are some beats where, like, some really sad moments. Yeah, like the, 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 where she yeah. finds out that she's they just, think she's ugly. Yeah. She's like the ugliest girl in school. Yeah. And she's like actually hurt, but she's trying to yeah. play it off. And it's, I mean, it's, it's sad because, I mean, like, kids are terrible people. Like, yeah. you go through middle school and, like, there are kids who do bully you and they make your life hell. And she goes through that. And she has to find a way to, like, kind of overcome that pain. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's obviously when she seeks out her uh, older brother, Shuji, and he gives her advice on, like, how to go about talking yeah. shit to the seventh graders. Which and he just he just tells her to, like, <laughs> to like, make fun of his dick, dick or something. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that if the 80s was kind of, like, one of the first portrayals of, like, what it's like to be a kid in middle school or high school... Like, obviously, there's also, like, Days of Confused and uh-huh. things like that. Do you think it's romanticized? Yes. I think that it's kind of like... All right, we can call it the golden era. Uh-huh. And I think that there's different ones in the 90s that came out. Some in the 2000s that came out. But there were also... Each era kind of looks to the past. And this one kind of looks to the past, too. But I think that it's kind of... It's the deconstruction of that in that, like... It's not cheesy. Yeah. In that, like, high school drama kind of way. It's like Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, it's like not... Well, see, I think Perks of Being a Wallflower is an interesting case because it is... It's that cheesy, one's but cheesy. then it gets into, like, the very traumatic moments of, like, Yeah, but it's also kind of, like... Teenagers experience. I mean, I like the movie, don't get me wrong, yeah. but I do think that it's a little fake deep uh-huh. in some ways. Yeah. Um, but then you have other movies, like, Moonlight did it really well, where... But Moonlight isn't, like, a high school experience. Well, no, but it's, like... It goes into, like, someone's childhood. I mean, I, like, in this, like, parts, I guess in the beginning, like, yeah. it does it really well where it's, like, really raw. But I'm, I'm referring mostly to, like, where it takes place in school. Like, I okay. think Big Mouth is okay. also another example. Big Mouth takes place surrounding these kids, and it's about puberty. Uh-huh. So every kid gets basically, like, a hormone monster. And I think another one was the show with Haley Steinfeld. I mean, the movie was Haley Steinfeld. It was also, like kind of this harsh portrayal this like raw no 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 no. that one was kind of like a slicker version Uh of high school but i'm starting to see more of these like they're not as they're not as heavily produced it doesn't feel like it's a studio heavily backing them Uh it feels more like raw it feels more immediate it feels more like it connects to kind of like the odd and confusing time that Uh it is to be in eighth grade or in in middle school or in high school yeah Eighth grade is a perfect example of that, and it was, like, a critical darling. And this show, I think, falls in line with that. It accentuates the humor, because to us, it's ridiculous how, like, how much they care about certain things. Because when you get a little older, you won't care about those things. But to them, it's, like, everything. And then I think the absurdity of the humor just helps, like, punctuate everything. That also feeds into the theme of, like, growing pains, which we've talked about already. Uh Which is, like... She was being bullied. Yeah. She was, like, being called the ugliest girl in school. And I think that there is both the, like, deconstruction of that, quote-unquote, like, golden era of, like, high school movies. But it also has, like, the raw emotion, uh, the raw emotion of of that time without being sappy or without being too cheesy. Like, when when you see her cry when she gets, she finds out that she's the ugliest girl in school, it's not, like... It's well balanced. Yeah, it's not like a cheesy it, yeah. like moment. It's kind of like this kind of heartbreaking moment where yeah. she's just like you, you just, tearing it's up. It's not like oh, I don't feel bad, like whatever. Yeah. Like, it actually you do feel some type of way when you see her. Like even when she uh, goes into the restroom at the end of the episode and she like scratches her name off that wall yeah. under a list of like the Yujas from like each year, and, like her just doing that, you know, like it it gets you feeling some sympathy for her. Yeah. And it's not just like oh, that's and there's just there's an ugly. arc there I think because yeah. she finds out she's ugly she she kind of retaliates towards the boy uh-huh. and then she like scratches it out yeah what we're talking about is that like these years were tough and you you might not think that they were tough when you're a kid but they're super informative into what you're gonna be like in high school 
And in high school and college is where you really like become who you are uh-huh. in your later years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, every decade or every year feeds into who you are. And I think this this show kind of captures that like there's this volatility to being a child or being this this little teenager who feels like nothing matters, but everything matters at the, at the same time. And I think the show captures that really well. And I think a lot of that has to do with the acting, uh-huh. like how well all the kid actors were like they were yeah they, they were pretty good for the most part i think they they played themselves or a seventh yeah. grader pretty well like it didn't feel like i mean they're not like oscar winners or anything yeah. but it felt like they did what they had to do but i mean obviously there's a, there's an added benefit yeah. and maybe that was intentional but the fact that they're two adults playing these it's so teenage weird girls, like getting your head wrapped around it because you're kind of like okay there's two adult women playing seventh graders who are attracted to actual like younger like kids but like you have to like just get over that because it's like well they're playing seventh graders because every other actor was an adult just like them like it wouldn't be i think as funny as it is with kid actors well i think that that immediately puts the audience into like this is kind of a silly show yeah like we're gonna take we know it's ridiculous but bear with us and like there's so much physical humor, like just their faces, their facial expressions are fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love Anna's. Like the way that they just stare at the boys and the way that like <laughs> they just make these weird faces at all times. Yeah. Um, they have, I mean, well, they have great chemistry together. That's true. They've known each other for like a good amount of years because they went to college together, I think. Yeah. they're. I think they're creative partners. Yeah. So they've, they've known each other and they, they have great chemistry together. So I think it really shows on the show like how well they work together yeah i think also one of the things that they capture or one of the things that drew me so much to the show is we obviously lived in this era uh-huh. so i think that there was a lot of like the costume design and like the kind of attitude and the kind of like clothing that people wore like i think shuji is that his name uh-huh. he dressed like one of the typical skaters of like the early 2000s which is realistically like the late 90s yeah and he kind of had that look of, like, I don't give a shit. And then, like, they had, like, a splurge can soda, which also uh-huh. is supposed to be a callback. But there's just so much that feeds into this world that I think even, if they didn't build it or they didn't pay attention to it, it probably wouldn't have worked as even, well. Even, like, me. when they get to the school, you, you see them, like, looking at every little click. And there's this click of, like, little rockers. And one of them has a corn shirt on. Yeah. The other one has, like, I don't know what it is, like, a Metallica shirt or something. Yeah. But even just that, like, it's so accurate to the time. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what people would listen to at, like, a very young age. So it makes it very realistic. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's... Like, there are times when you, you make they, they make media about the past, and it feels like, hey, look at how we purposely made this about yeah. the past. This one just feel, it feels kind of innocuous that, like, this is the kind of lives and dress that they just kind of wore, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, I think that... The fact that this is taking place in the 2000s, and I mean, I, I think that the creators of the show are very obviously kind of like, they're creating their version of the 80s high school movie, and like they're updating it for a modern era because they lived it, yeah. and they know that now that the people who they grew up, like the people they grew up around are now in their adult life, so they can relate to this <laughs> in a way that the people from the 80s were able to relate to it. Yeah. I mean, what these movies capture or what any of this media that's about, like, high school captures is that, like, it's still interesting the way people grow up. 
even if it's kind of like mundane or like kind of you know it doesn't really matter that much mm-hmm. it's still interesting i think it still captivates everyone because I, I think it keeps coming back yeah. really like cyclically like it comes back every fucking couple years and then with this show like you obviously have maya who's a japanese uh girl growing up and they explore that a lot like throughout the season yeah and i mean i've seen interviews with them where she delves into the topic of like masturbation Mm -hmm. and that is something they like they later explore in the show because i mean well the mom is actually her mom yeah like logistically it just made more sense for her to be her mom yeah it it reminded me a lot of um aziz and sorry yeah yeah yeah. um forgot his uh, master of none yeah parents coming out his parents yeah and yeah, so they explore that topic, and I've, I always thought, like, you know what? Like, you never really see that on TV, like... No, you don't, and I, I think... Well, one of, the, one of the articles I read was about how the mom wanted to be in it because she didn't want to be... She didn't want it to be one of those stereotypical, like, Asian-controlling mothers. Yeah. So she just kind of wanted to be, like... She was a mom, and, I mean, sure, there's, like, cultural... It, there's, like, cultural elements involved, but she didn't want to just be another stereotype. She wanted to be... Who she was as a mother, yeah, and also like it made her reflect about who she, how she was, a mother to her <laughs> yeah. own child, like to her own children, yeah. So I think that the show, I mean, I think it, it it's also emblematic of the era we're living in, where like we're taking the things that we kind of grew up with, but we're kind of infusing them with our like with our experience, like people of color starting to make media yeah. for people of color by people of color, and I think this show. Though it's not as like politically charged as like something like maybe or not I shouldn't say politically charged but like it's not about like identity politics of being black like dope or dear white people. I think that this show definitely has a layer of like this is a person of color mm-hmm. and this was kind of her experience. Yeah, like she's a Japanese or she's Asian, and like. This was kind of what they were going through, too. It does occur later on, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But, I mean, there's other shows that have done that. Right but off the bat. Like, starting right the off first the episode, right? Like, they just go into it right away. Yeah. Like, Fresh Off the Boat did it, but that one feels a lot more glossier. Uh-huh. It feels well more produced. It feels like it's for everyone, whereas this one feels like it's it feels like it's part of the world, her being Asian. But it doesn't feel so like heavy-handed or ham-fisted. Because it's also not to like, say that, that that's not allowed, but yeah. it feels like it's integrated into the story. Yeah, and it like, I mean, just because you're not Asian doesn't mean you're not gonna enjoy this show or like her telling you her yeah. story because it obviously like jumps into what it it means growing up as a girl during that time yeah. too, which is a and lot a, in a lot of ways to. it reminded me of Malcolm in the Middle because uh-huh. I think that they handled. <laughs> race in a good way like that show was super ahead of its time because Malcolm in the Middle all the black people were successful on the yeah, show yeah and like they were super <laughs> they were super well adjusted and, and they like were Malcolm's like, family who was white were the broke ones like they didn't have any money yeah and all their black friends were like really rich very like affluent very successful and it was like how and Lois who were the ones like struggling to but like they never family. treated them as like other they treated no. them as like they were their family or like yeah. they were friends like really good friends I don't think they ever really got into race on that show though right not in a direct way but i think there was that poker episode where they talk about it oh yeah yeah. yeah. and like how is the only white person yeah which i thought was like a great and he episode. felt so like offended because he was like out of the loop with the yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. And, like the conversation but i mean i think malcolm in the middle is like a pioneering show that's one of my favorite yeah. like adolescent it was great. but like it, it was great because it 
it didn't deal with the same like sitcom issues of like being in high school uh-huh. with like the cheesy shit. It kind of it was kind of like it was kind of fucked up. Like they were all shitty people. Yeah. Except they all like loved each other, and I uh-huh. think that's part of it. And, and I think this really show, yeah, I think this show kind of like it feels like they grew up with that. Like it feels like they inherited that kind of like media legacy of like Malcolm in the Middle or maybe even like something that was like maybe even Saved by the Bell and this kind of finds that perfect medium where it's like it's hokey but it's it's doing it for comedic effect uh-huh. but it's not hokey where it's like making the show kind of corny it's super enjoyable to watch yeah it is and I also think comedic influences I feel like Wet Hot American Summer <laughs> is definitely one of the comedic influences Super bad, I think, obviously, like, pioneered the way for, like, the early, like, mid-2000s, late-2000s. And I think that this show is just falling in line, and it's it's super enjoyable to watch. Let's get into the rating. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much when I first, you know, clicked the show. But it was pretty funny. The humor is really great. So, it did remind me a lot of Superbad, and I love Superbad. I think I'm going to go ahead and give it, like, four broken TVs out of five. Mm. For That's a comedy, I thought it was really good. I, th- okay. I enjoyed the whole, like, show, so I thought it was a great thing. Okay. I am going to go a little higher because I like this trend going on right now because uh-huh. I really loved eighth grade and I really love Big Mouth. So I, I, I think the fact that <laughs> these shows, like, stand out, make them special like this makes the show really special to me because it's funny in a way that's not just like comedic dialogue it's physical acting it's comedic acting but it's not just about like line deliveries there's a lot of like little details that really make this show a lot of fun to watch i'm interested to see where it goes and i think hulu is it's got a a banger they don't really have like i'm hoping people watch it I don't, I don't, they don't really just, have like much drift into comedy the sea of like TV shows that they've came out with, and like people just don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I don't know of any comedies that they have. Do they? <sighs> I don't know, but you know, Casual had it was was pretty good, I, but I that finished already. Anyway, yeah, so I'm gonna go with four point five or four point two, four point three around yeah. there. I thought it was really strong. I, I mean, this this year so far has had some really strong shows already. Yeah. And I think this show is definitely one of the best so far. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty good. It's got a lot of praise. It kind of came out of nowhere too. Like it. Yeah, feels, I didn't even realize. I just feel like came there wasn't a lot month, of. Right? Yeah, yeah, it just came out like, and then everybody was ago. like talking about it. Yeah. It feels very much like a show that both like comedian enthusiasts would like, and also kind of like people who just want to watch something. Yeah. Like, like it strikes that balance. Broad City's ending, so you know, watch Pen Fifteen. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it is kind of like a a good successor to something like yeah. Broad City, and it has similar comedic yeah, definitely tones. You Just know as I mean? kids and not adults. Yeah, how long do you see it going for? I see like four or five seasons. Really, around there. Hopefully, I don't know. What's the longest running Hulu show? It Handmaids. No, Handmaids is only three seasons. I think that's What's one of the on longest. The fourth already, right? I think that's one of the longest. Really? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I I can't say based on their track record, but I'd probably go with 
three seasons. Three seasons. I usually do three seasons. Okay. But I don't know. I hope it does well. Yeah. I definitely want to see more. I def. I mean, if if it doesn't do well, I'm excited to see what they do comedically or like creatively because this was a great first episode, and everyone should watch it. I agree. All right, that'll do it for this episode. All right, thank you. Give us five stars on iTunes, and give um, me a kiss when you see me in any person. Any podcast app. Give me a kiss when use. you see me in person. No. You give me a kiss right now, bitch. Let's go. All right. Peace. <laughs>